1: Hey, here we are. I'm excited about today's guest because not only is he a good-natured, funny guy with a dry, even dark sense of humor sometimes. That's my kind of people. Gav Gillibrand is a coach, an author, a podcaster as well, a sports nutritionist, and I need his advice. He has even been an erotic dancer at one point. Our, Our interview begins with me mentioning that point to him that i had found that out in my research and once again and one, once again i might need some pointers on that i mean uh <laughs> my,
0: I've, got all the, I've got all the tips ready
1: <laughs> um okay with that uh let me introduce gav gillibrand gav joins me now from uh are you in london england
0: i'm not i'm i'm about three hours north of london uh in the northeast okay but, just just moved back from Ibiza, which is the tiny little island off the, the coast of Spain. I've been living over there for the last year.
1: Okay, so let's do it this way, Gab. Uh, you know, one thing that I had wanted to discuss with you is about mindset because for me, and I think for a lot of people, mm-hmm. that's that's really the the hard thing to get over. I know that a piece of chocolate cake is not as healthy for me as, you know, a piece of steamed broccoli. Um, but knowing that is not doing much for me. I've got to get the motivation. Yeah, and, and absolutely. I, You know, what happens tomorrow when that's steam- themed?
0: I'll tell you the problem. I'll tell you the problem right now. And it's got nothing to do with motivation because think about this, Mark. Motivation is always high when the cogs of life are running nice and smoothly. For example, if you've slept well, money's good the relationships are good with the missus or the husband and your boss is not being a dick and the kids and everyone's everything all the parts of life are working well motivation can be high but the problem is motivation is is it's like coal it's finite it's going to run out and it usually it can last for some people for a week two weeks maybe three weeks if they're super motivated so if you're relying on motivation to get the job done, you're going to fall short. I will say it's not motiv- motivational will get people started, mm. but discipline is what gets people finished.
1: This was an eye-opening moment in our interview because I realized in an instant that I had pretty much been relying on motivation to get me going every time. You know, I could watch a Rocky movie and and watch the montage where he's the music's playing and he's working out and, and get motivated to go for a jog or do some push-ups or whatever but that also, if I didn't feel like working out someday, or if I really wanted that piece of chocolate cake, well, I allowed those desires to be my motivation in those moments. Motivation was the wrong mindset to be in. Okay, discipline's the and word. Dis- and- yeah,
0: so dis- discipline is the word, and that comes from building habits. So when habits are in place, that's the first part, there's two parts to this. When, the, when habits are in place, and discipline is employed or deployed rather, you say to yourself, regardless of how I feel, I'm going to get to the gym. So look at this as a a, a shift in perspective. Imagine if you woke up Monday morning, it's Monday morning now where I am. But the alarm goes off at 530. You've gone to bed, you said tomorrow, I'm going to start I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to eat a healthy breakfast. And today's the day. And let's say you get up and it's, it's great, you get to the gym. Fantastic. Let's say you have a hell of a Monday that you nearly get sacked at work for something that wasn't your fault. The project goes a mess. You know, There's an incident at school with one of your children. You have a big argument with your wife. You may not feel disciplined. You may not feel motivated. And the thought of getting up at 5.30 tomorrow morning, and then it's minus six, the weather, you look out, and you're like, screw this, I'm staying in bed. Mm. But imagine if you said to yourself that it doesn't matter what happens – I'm going to the gym tomorrow. So even if I wake up and I'm not motivated, I go to the gym.
1: Now Gav is a fitness coach and we're talking about training and eventually we discuss what we eat. But the real takeaway here is that discipline applies to every aspect of our lives. You might already be fit, but have trouble getting motivated to write that book you've been meaning to write. Or look for a new job because you don't like the one you feel stuck in now. How might your life be different if you operated on a principle, an ethical value of self-discipline rather than motivation?
0: There's many things that I'm not great at, but one of my skills, and I say this and I teach it to my clients, is doing this, the things you said you would do regardless of how you feel in the moment. Mm. Because I, I go to the gym seven days a week and, or I do some type of exercise seven days a week. And I don't say that to impress people. I say that because I put my stake in the sand and said, I go to the gym or do some type of exercise seven days a week. Mm -hmm. Now this morning, it's Monday morning. um, I watched the football yesterday. It was my birthday yesterday. I had a lot of unhealthy food. I had Mm -hmm. some alcohol. I went to bed quite a bit later than I said I was gonna go. It was very easy for me to cancel that alarm at 5.30 this morning, 5.20 actually. I get to the gym and get back and we get the kids up at 10 past seven that's our routine i didn't want to go to the gym this morning but i go to the gym on monday morning that's what i do because that's my discipline that's my habit and guess what i'm a bit tired but i feel a hell of a lot better now at 10 30 in the morning than i do if i've missed it mm-hmm. so forget the motivation if you're always looking to be motivated i would say that i'm only motivated to go to the gym probably three or four times of the week. The other three times I go anyway. So it's putting the habits into place.
1: So I looked up just how long it takes to form a habit. <laughs> well, the research varies wildly. Let me tell you, I found studies that if, if you find some truth in each of them, it can take anywhere between 18 and 254 days to form a habit. Now, that seems like such a ridiculously broad scale, but there was some consensus among the majority of studies I looked at, and that's this. As a general average, it takes 66 days, essentially two months and a week, for a habit to become a certainty, for it to become automatic. So if you can be disciplined for two months and a week, well, it gets a lot easier after that. Your body and mind begin to accept that That habit is normal, it is routine. That's the first
0: part, the second part. So discipline equals habits. Second part is having a bloody good reason why. You have to have a massive reason why to what what you want to achieve. For example, someone says to me, I want to lose 30 pounds. 30 pounds on the scales is not the reason someone wants to lose weight it's what that 30 pounds would give them and that could be better energy better sex life fit back into their clothes promotion confidence self-esteem better self-image or they're the things that people want to lose weight for so in the very first module of my coaching I get people to tell me their why and list 10 reasons that the things they're going to achieve or the things they're going to get or have once they achieve that goal and then they've got that those that 10 reasons, pulling them towards. So when they get up and they haven't had any sleep, the kids been up in the night sick, they're tired, they're hungover, they don't want to go, there's something bigger mm. that they're working towards. And for me, you could say, Well, okay, well, what's my why? Like, I'm 49 years old yesterday. and I want to be 89 years old. So my reason is to stay alive is that I'm not training for anything specific i'm not training to be a professional sportsman i'm not i don't need to lose weight my why is being alive as long as i possibly can on this planet with good health and good mindset and to see the grandkids so i've got two two young kids five and a two-year-old so time is not on my side to see their grandkids to see their kids Mm. like in 30 years time i'm going to be 79 years old they're only just going to be 30 so i might not even see the grandkids So Mm. I have to be alive as long as possible if I want to see that. So my my why is to be as healthy and as longevity as long as possible. That drives me every single day. So it's forget motivation. It's going to run out. It's finite. You need Mm. it to get started, but it's discipline and habits. Like come rain or shine, I go to the gym every day. That's what I do. It's just what I do. I found that the more disciplined you are about everything in life, the better results you get. So does that make sense?
1: Yeah, of course. <clears throat> in fact, there's yeah. so much that you, you said there for starters, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> two, you mentioned um, alcohol, you know, you mentioned like, okay, having a couple of drinks, but not, you know, getting hammered or whatever. How do you regulate that? Do you have a, uh, do you have a, okay, I I can have two drinks and I'll be okay in the morning, or I'm going to drink two drinks and, but a glass of water in between each one. What, what, what are your specific strategies for dealing with alcohol consumption?
0: Absolutely. If someone likes to drink and they're trying to lose weight, it's actually a bad idea to go from drinking quite regularly to no drinking, like from a, if someone can do it, fantastic, Mm -hmm. but for most people, it's not sustainable. And if someone's drinking four or five nights a week, a lot of my clients are. Telling them that the only way to lose 30 pounds in the next 12 weeks to go from drinking five days a week to nothing is going to result in failure. Yeah. So what I tell people to do is, can you reduce your drinking from five nights a week to two nights? And that doesn't mean getting the same amount of alcohol into two nights that you would over five. It means having the same as normal. But can you reduce the frequency? And most heavy drinkers can say, you know what, I can do that. So it's not about my big philosophy about having a life and getting results is not about elimination it's about control yeah. so but alcohol is very tricky because one we know it's the most toxic substance known to man but it's the world's most uh most used drug which is nuts isn't it the damage yeah. that alcohol does but the right. problem, problem with to... alcohol it's also problem with alcohol it's also good fun isn't it it is good fun
1: like yeah.
0: I like a drink as much as the next person um the downside obviously, apart from the effects of alcohol, it tends to increase the appetite for most people. So and it massively re- reduces inhibitions and resolve. So when you're on a diet or controlling your food, it's very easy to say, ah, fuck it. I mean, let's face it, most of the <laughs> most of the bad decisions, most of the bad decisions that we make as humans, <laughs> if we were to track it, I would say that most of the bad decisions tend to be made when we're on alcohol. No one mm. makes a great decision when they're drunk, do they? Like, yeah. no, no one. That is just a fact of alcohol. Controlling the amount, the frequency of drinking would be the first step. So, mm. so you know, I'm working with a lot of guys that uh, have made a lot of money in their career, multiple six, some seven figures, um, and they're drinking four or five nights a week. Heavy, heavy drink is four or five nights a week. But elimination is not a, the great, a great way to go because, mm. one, it's not sustainable. If I said to most of my clients, the only way that you can lose weight is to eliminate, eliminate carbs, sugar, and alcohol, nine out of 10 of them would fail because that's not a sustainable plan. I'm a great believer in moderation and everything, balance and everything, because you can still get great results, you can still lose weight, change your health by controlling and moderating the frequency and the amount. When you're told you can't have something in anything in life, generally people tend to crave it. They feel like they're missing out. But when I tell most of my drinking clients that they can still have alcohol and a good few drinks a couple of nights a week, they're like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. I can do that. I can see myself doing that for a period of time. That is a sustainable plan. And guess what happens when you give them the the permission to still do what they thought they were going to have to cut out? They tend to even reduce it more because they think, well, actually, you know what? I realize that drinking is not serving me that well. So maybe do I need to necessarily drink two nicely? week? Mm-hmm. Maybe I can cut that down. Maybe I can really reduce it. I've had a lot of guys that are very heavy drinkers. Once they realise they were still allowed to drink, not drink, because they thought, well, actually, I can get better results by cutting it out. So
1: yeah, well, they feel it's like a tricky, it's a tricky. Yeah, they feel like they're making the decision at that point, and I, it, I think that it, it, yeah empowers exactly, them exactly,
0: exactly. And that's a massive part of what I do in the coaching. I don't tell any client to do anything. I'll actually get them to tell me what
1: they're going to do. Okay, Gav. I've got two questions for you. Uh, First, let me briefly tell you about a time in my life when I did, I lost 70 pounds. I can't think in kilos and stone and all this crazy. I work in
0: pounds. Pounds are good. Okay.
1: (laughs) And uh, yeah, you guys can do both, but um, I'm uh, not uh, literate in that way. So I, um, I lost 70 pounds. I had my biggest weight. I was up to 225 and I got... I got a wake up call at a doctor's office who said, I got a test. And he says, uh, well, you're pre, you're pre-diabetic, pre-diabetic. What does that mean? I mean, so I go do all the research and I'm like, nah, I'm not losing life earlier than I'm scheduled to. So I went crazy and I did it. And here we're getting to the question low to almost no carb thing. I just cut out the carbs and I cut out the alcohol altogether um, but I did it all. My breakfast was eggs and bacon. My lunch was chicken and a salad. My dinner was fish and, you know, more greens of some kind. And that was it. And it worked. Six months later, I had lost 70 pounds. I went from one, I went 225 to 155. I was in the high school weight. So there's that. So I guess my question is, how do you feel about, because I know you you say things like, you don't have to cut out the alcohol. You don't have to cut out the carbs, you know, and so I, I assume you you propose a well-balanced meal plan. you know what are your thoughts on carbs and protein and fat?
0: Great question. Well, the only way that you can lose weight comes down to one mechanism, and that's by being in a calorie deficit, which means you're simply burning more than you take it in. Now, what you did, mark, when you cut carbs and alcohol and all things and kept it simple, protein fats and, Greens is you slash your calories. So, what you did is you created a, a huge calorie deficit. Now, here's the thing. Let's say, for example, someone's on 2000 calories a day. That's their budget. I get people to look at their input, the calories they're taking in like a budget. You could make that budget up what you want. Now, you just happen to go low carb, low sugar, you know, protein increased. That was one way of doing it. But there's a thousand ways of doing it. Yeah. But here's the thing. Studies show that even if carbs are really high and calories are matched and protein is matched, the body fat loss would be identical. So what people need to understand is it's a, a reduction of overall calories that help mm-hmm. people lose weight, not a reduction of individual macronutrients and macronutrients, carbs, fat, and protein. I don't say low carb or high carb. I just say you make up the rest of your calories from carbohydrates and fats as you see fit. But if you eat more calories than you burn and it's pure protein, you're still gonna get fat. So what you did, well done losing 70 pounds in six, six months is you just got into a great calorie deficit and you found a way to sustain it. You were highly yeah. motivated, you sustained it. And the great way, the easiest way that I teach all my clients to sustain it is by having a high protein diet.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> the other thing that was helpful during that particular time in my life, I was transitioning jobs and I, I also at the same time I happened to be working in a restaurant as a waiter. And so I was, and I had a little step tracker, so I was walking seven or eight miles, so there's no like aerobic exercise. I'm not getting my heart rate up or anything like that, but I'm never sitting down, it was basically like just for hours walking, just walking, keeping the body moving. So that was helpful too. Well, how do you feel about intermittent fasting?
0: It's just another great way to get into a calorie deficit, Look, intermittent fasting. For most people with 16-8 where they don't eat for 16 hours and then eat in an eight-hour with That's the typical one. But it's just, it's really just skipping breakfast. Um, <laughs> remember, it's, it, look, If here's the thing. If you've got, <laughs> if someone eats three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and guess what? If you take away breakfast, what are you left with? Lunch and dinner. You're going to get into a calorie deficit. It's just another way for some people that could help them get into a calorie deficit. Now, the problem is, people do intermittent fasting and get fat <laughs> because they eat the same calories in two meals
1: two minutes instead of three that they're
0: eating in three they so it only up, works yeah. it only works as if it, yeah. remember all the meals intermittent fasting south beach high protein like, like yeah. you name a thousand they all work by one mechanism only being in the calorie deficit so you need to choose your version the version that you can stick to. Hmm. It all comes down to the calories over a 24-hour period and over a seven-day period, whether someone gains or loses weight.
1: Yeah. I agree. Well, I love it. I, uh, I'm i inspired, motivated, and it's not even the motivation I'm going to develop habits. Here's what I'm going Discipline. to do. Discipline. That's what Gaff said there at the end, and that that's what it's all about. Folks, look, I know we've been talking about weight loss and nutrition, but the bigger point here and this is your five minutes in, is that these principles apply to every facet of life. It is about discipline, not motivation. Or as Gaff said at one point, motivation gets you started, discipline gets you finished. And that's true not only in fitness, but in book writing, in financial planning, even in podcasting learn more about Gab Gillibrand's program and even schedule a consultation with him at gabgillibrand.com. I'll put that in the notes. And, uh, and you can follow him on LinkedIn. Uh, his, his posts are often quite hilarious. And if you like this show, you can become a supporter. Uh, I need it. You can cut out the middleman and make a one-time donation directly through PayPal of any amount. All you need is the show's email address. That's sinsamage at gmail.com. Seriously, PayPal, that's all you need. And the donation goes directly to the show's account. and uh, Or you can become a continual supporter for as little as three bucks a month at patreon.com slash zensamich. Those options will also be in the show notes. Get disciplined, folks, with whatever it is you're doing. Weight loss or uh, whatever habits you need to form in your life. And as always, breathe. Don't forget to breathe.